Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. Very excited to be back to have another episode with you all. My name is Shruti Shaker. I'm a writer here at Android Central, and I'm here with my lovely guest, Nick Sutrick. Hi, Nick. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Very warm here, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Other than that, it's great, you know? It's quite uh, muggy as well where I am, so I feel you on that. Uh, I've got Jerry Hildenbrand. You're back. I've missed you so much. I know. I'm back. So look out, y'all. And it's warm here, too, but you know I got the solution. Just get buck booky ass naked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't I don't even want to continue that conversation. <laughs> and of course, I've got my lovely, lovely Derek Lee. Hello, hello. <sighs> Glad to be back. <laughs> Finally, we missed you. Uh, OK, we've got uh, quite a lot of things I want to talk about today, but uh, where should we start? Let's start right off with one of my favorite and super interesting articles uh, that happened uh, over the course of the past weekend, uh, essentially, a Google engineer uh, was suspended uh, uh, with pay after he went public about his thoughts that Google's AI chatbot, which we all know as Lambda, uh, was a sentient. Sen- is it sentient or sentient? I always forget how to say that. But anyways, Se- sentient. Sentient. Okay. I, was say, I always say sentient. I sentient. Know, okay. Tomato. tomato. <laughs> so uh, essentially, this Google engineer basically came out and said that Lambda, that the Google's break, breakthrough AI chatbot was a sentient machine with actual emotions and an actual conscious. Um, and I, I, there's a lot to be said here because, you know, basically he presented a bunch of conversations that he had with Lambda. Um, you know, a lot of the conversations were like, oh, do you feel lonely? And, and Lambda responded back, yes, I feel lonely. And, you know, I, I think it's very... Um, it's hard to have this conversation because obviously, you know, we don't know the circumstance of, of this engineer and how he was feeling in the moment that he sort of felt these things. And I don't really want to get into that that conversation, but I do want to get into a conversation of, of what uh, Jerry decided to write. You wrote a fantastic article called, Can Google's Lambda Chatbot Actually Be Sentient? Uh, and I loved this article because you didn't necessarily come off the bat and, you know, basically like uh, bring the Google engineer down, but you... No, as, no, no. Yeah, you you took that, his thoughts and kind of broke it down. So so take me through your thought process in, in, in the way you wrote this article. Uh, first off, I hope and wish that more people at Google were like uh, Mr. Lamond. I think his name's Lamond, Lemoyne. Lemoyne, Lemoyne. Lemoyne, because he... He got swept up in something and followed his feelings instead of what he knows and thought he was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. That's an important thing to remember. A a lot of outlets and writers are trashing the guy. Yeah, he's a bit of a kook, uh, but that's cool. He's allowed to be a kook, just like I'm allowed to think he's a kook. Live and let live. He seems like a great guy with a good heart. That's where I want to start. I'm not going to ever trash this guy for doing what he thought was right. Right. But one of the things that he he kind of said was that he was coming at it from a place of being a priest or not not him being a priest, yeah. but but the religious aspect of it, as opposed to the science behind it, which is wrong. I'm, right. I'm sorry, but you, you can't do that, especially I would assume and I don't know exactly what he 
engineering he did at Google or hopefully will do in the future, but he should know a whole lot about how it works. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know enough about how it works to understand what he was seeing. And so uh, that tells me that he knows enough to know better. So, so, okay, let's, let's break down what we know. Okay. I mean, as I think most people are of the understanding that with any AI chatbot, the way that it actually is responding to is because we have all these engineers essentially feeding code and, you know, all of these sort of uh, dialogues to this AI chatbot so that it is able to have a more normal and real conversation with a human being, right? Right. Uh, if if you want to think about AI, the simplest AI is spell check. Mm-hmm. It is an AI that is designed to look at the words you've typed and check them against a list it's been fed to see which words are typed incorrectly. That's AI. That's giving you a, you know, a, a an alternative to what you've written. Mm-hmm. The difference with something like Lambda and and other AIs of that type is the scale. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on one or two words or maybe a sentence, it is able to look at and analyze a huge amount of what has been fed to it, whether typed or or spoken, and then bases responses on all of that in aggregate, not just tiny chunks of it. That's why it seems like it can carry on a conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. outside of what you first started talking about, or it can even seem like it comes up with thoughts on its own because it's been fed different things that mm-hmm. relate to different things, mm-hmm. and it knows to, how to tie those two things together. Mm-hmm. So um, I was having a conversation with my dad about this because, you know, we it, it's an interesting conversation. You know, you talk to to anyone about a, a, a chat a, AI bot that could potentially have consciousness. And, you know, I was telling my dad basically that when Lambda was first introduced by Google, um, it was presented in a way where it was like the next generation of AI bots to have you know, this ability to have real conversations and really working with this AI to enable that, like, experience. And, you know, when I was talking to my dad, I said, you know, it's it's also very possible that this individual just, he just spent so much time working mm-hmm. with this bot that you almost believe of that it could have a consciousness. And I, I kind of want to open that discussion up to, to everyone on the, on the table. You know, do you think that that is where, what could have happened here, where when you're working so closely with something for such a long time, is, is that possibility there where you start to believe that an, a robot could actually have consciousness? Sure. Especially this particular robot, because, The science behind how the language model works isn't something Google developed. What Google did was tweak it and play with it to make it seem like it has emotions and act more like a human being instead of just an AI chatbot, which gives it a quote unquote, a personality. And let's say you're a guy who works so much, you don't have a lot of time to be around other people. Maybe it seems like you're around a person eventually talking to this thing all day. Mm, I mean, that also can kind of can speak to the working conditions at Google. I mean, like yeah. if someone is spending so much time 
you know, and, and their mental health is affected, you know, because they're working so closely to some something and, and aren't having that ability to step away from it. It kind of speaks volumes to the to the working conditions. Also, it speaks a lot about Mr. Lamont. He probably is the type of guy who is just sensitive to this kind of thing. He wants to find the good mm-hmm. in everything and wants to be able to help everyone. And it just latched onto his psyche, I guess. And and it just seemed like a cry for help instead of just nonsensical ramblings from a computer. Yeah. Which, if you read it, that's basically what they are, is nonsensical ramblings. If you look at each one individually, they they really don't. I mean, it, it doesn't speak to me as, well, this is a, a smart thing with a soul. No, I don't see that at all. I see that as this needs more work in the engineering lab because, yeah, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jerry or Derek, sorry, not Jerry. Oh, we were just talking, Jerry. I apologize. <laughs> uh, Nick or Derek, do you, do either of you have any any thoughts about this? Or, or I mean, we can move on, but I just wanted to throw I mean, it out there. On one hand, I mean, I don't blame the guy. Uh, kind of what you guys are saying, like, you know, he's probably just, I don't want to say, like, confused or anything, but, like, you know, it's probably just, yeah, like, has it has something to do with, like, the working th- conditions at Google, and maybe he's just spending too much time with the AI, and, uh, I mean, I can kind of relate to that. I'm I'm the kind of person who uh, I name all of my phones. Huh, that's cute. Um, <laughs> Dude. And I kind of, I kind of give them, uh, like, pretty much all of my electronics, really, I give them names. Um I know lots Not of people so that do that with cars. Sorry, what, what? what were you saying, Nick? I know lots of people that do that with cars. I do. Well, it's okay I, I do a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I yeah. name my car, too. Yeah, I, it's I okay name, to do I name, with cars. They're smart, living, breathing things. all around me. I work from home. I'm, you know, constantly at home. And all I have, like, I just have a bunch of phones around me, and all of them have names. That's cute. And kind of, like, I can kind of get, you know, how he... Uh, latched on to this AI, but at the same time, you know, to me, it just seemed so ridiculous and it just seemed like unnecessary, like fear mongering. Um, you know, Sorry, I just want to clarify. Awesome I want to, I want to clarify. So ridiculous in the, in the aspect that someone is calling a robot conscious or has consciousness or. Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't know. And I guess the manner in which it was all handled probably just, you know, yeah. it just seemed to have been blown up so much. Um, and I've seen, like, comedians, you know, talking about it. And, like, you know, I've talked about it with friends, too. And and um, it just seemed, like, a little bit, uh, just a bit much, you know? You know, the, the, as, you're, as you're saying this, a, a thought popped into my head. And, you know. Oh, um, God. <laughs> no, uh, no hate to the Wall Street Journal because they are a, a fantastic publication. And. Some of my favorite journalists work there, but I almost believe that I'm speaking from a place where I don't know what happened behind the doors and I don't know how the reporting took place. But to me, if something like this came to me, I would treat it very differently. I would, I yep. would, I wouldn't necessarily just publish it as is. I don't, I, I don't think that it was smart to do something like that just because, nope. you know, it, yeah, it just, I don't think that was like good a good way of approaching this article. They would have got just as many clicks had they written it as a human interest 
mm-hmm. style thing instead of news. Google engineer fire because blah blah blah. Yeah, Th- this it it should have had a little bit better reporting and more one-on-one time with the guy yeah, and let him get some of his reasoning out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that's one thing that, I mean, I, 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 when I was, when I went to journalism school, that was like one of the things that I was, I was taught again, I'm not putting any journalists down here or anything, but I was strongly taught to sort of question everything that someone says when they come to you with some sort of claim. Right. And it's like, even if, even if it was presented in the way it was, like I almost feel like there needed to have been like a caveat uh, speaking to another engineer or speak like just something more that yeah. didn't make the article seem like the way Derek is suggesting, like, you know, that fear mongering. It, uh, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it, it kind of almost sounded like uneducated in the sense that like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, to, to be fair, though, when it comes to something like this, we're all uneducated. No, no, no. Of course. Uh, y- yeah, yes, I, you're right. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to blame the reporter. No, no, of New course York not. Times, but I am going to blame the editorial board who let that story go out the way it did. That reporter yeah. did his job and did it very well. Somebody higher up should have looked at it and said, you know, we can do more. We can do better. Yeah. And let it cook just a day longer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this one because I do want to get to the next two articles that we we recently put out. Uh, they are reviews. So I'm going to kind of combine these two uh, points together because they, they kind of are not necessarily go hand in hand, but in the sense that the range of both of these are kind of in hand in hand. So of course, Nick, you did the review for the TCL Stylus 5G. Uh, and then uh, Derek, you did your review for the Moto G Stylus 5G. So both kind of in the same realm of of devices. Um, I'm going to start off with you, Nick. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the phone. Uh, and then I'm going to go to 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 uh, Derek, get your thoughts on the phone. And then I kind of want to get you both to talk to each other. <laughs> Let's do that. So, Nick, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, starting with the TCL Stylus 5G. This is a $258 phone. I love these, like, random phone prices that T-Mobile gets. <laughs> we just had the Nord N20, which is $282. Sure, why not? I don't know why we picked these numbers, but fine. It's, you know, obviously at that price... A, budget phone. Um, I think what's really impressive about this one, though, is that like the OnePlus Nord N20, this one doesn't really feel like a budget phone when you're using it. Oh, that's a good thing. It's not laggy. It doesn't have a low-res screen. You know, a lot of those assumptions that you bring with you when you spend 250 bucks on a phone don't materialize when you're using this thing. What were you going to ask? Oh, no, I was just saying that's a good thing that, you know, it doesn't feel like a budget phone. Yes. You know, I, I I like hearing when when budget phones come out and they, yeah, they, they're probably not using the, the top tier quality of materials, but they're, you know, to what it is, if it feels and it acts like a premium device, I mean, I always feel like that's a good thing. Right, yeah, and, and I think, um, at least for me, 2021 was a terrible year for budget phones. I felt like, Every budget phone I reviewed was bad. It it felt like like a crappy budget phone. Either like I said, the screen was noticeably crappy, or the performance was just like I, I would be angry if I spent any amount of money on this phone. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was reasonably priced, like the per- performance for so many of those phones was just garbage. And I, at least this year so far, I've been really happy with those aspects of these phones. 
And this one is TCL's first like stylus in body, you know, sort of a Galaxy Note type of phone. Um, I think the problem at this price range is that when you start incorporating those types of, you know, sort of more premium features, you end up setting these really high bar expectations because I can guarantee you most people have at least seen somebody use a note, even if it's only in the T-Mobile store or something. You've at least seen a note and, you know, maybe use the stylus or something. And when you write with a device like this, and Derek, I'm curious to see uh, if it's the same feeling for you on the the Moto. It doesn't feel the same way as a Galaxy Note, right? Like, writing is okay, um, but it's obviously, it doesn't have a dedicated, like, you know, in the Galaxy Notes, um, it's got a Wacom digitizer. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the pause. Um, whereas this is just a capacitive screen. It works exactly like you touching it with your finger. The difference is the tip of a stylus is much thinner than, you know, the tip of your finger would be. So it makes it simpler to write words. But that's really all you're going to get. You're going to get scribbly handwriting. Even if you have nice handwriting, it's hard to write on this because so often, anytime you touch any part of your hand to anywhere else on the screen, it's now going to mess up your handwriting. And and I think if you're looking at this phone from, will I get a good phone for 250 bucks? The answer is yes. You'll get actually a great phone for 250 bucks that does, I mean, anything I could throw at it with reasonable, you know, within reasonable levels. But it's definitely not a Galaxy Note competitor in any shape or form. It, the stylus just does not work well for that. I, I don't think it could have been a, com- a competitor to the to the Note because wasn't the Note considered to be more of a, a top-tier phone compared to a budget phone? Yeah, I mean, price-wise, I think the, the cheapest Note recently has been like maybe 800 bucks. So you're talking oh, yeah, so you're three, still, three yeah. and a half times the price. Yeah. But the, the problem with, with this is in the marketing, right? And a lot of times when I look at phones like this, I look at, does this phone meet what they sold me on? Mm-hmm. So if I'm only going into this, I go into a store, I see the video of some dude writing a bunch of notes on this and, you know, making these really fancy drawings and stuff like that, I'm going to expect that. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the product costs. They told me this is what to expect. What you're going to get is not that. I mean, (laughs) I think that's also a marketing tactic, right? Like you're going to try and make something look as impressive as it is. It is unfair and kind of a a cheating way of, of doing things. But um, I, I think that's sort of a thing, marketing thing where they will showcase something that looks a certain way, but you're not going to actually get that. It's kind of like, you know, when you see, uh, you you guys are all guys. Maybe Derek might, <laughs> maybe Derek might know this, but it's like when you see like uh, an outfit on a, on a budget website, like Shein or like, I don't know, like, Pretty little thing. Uh, I wear clothes sometimes too. That wasn't very nice. No, no, I <laughs> meant only I, when it's not hot outside, I right? Meant, yeah. Like Wish or I, something. Yeah, like it's like if you find a product on Wish or something, and you're like, oh, like this looks like it'd be really cool. Like I'm gonna get it, and then you get it, and it's like the complete opposite of what you bought. Or like if you get something from like Alibaba or like or AliExpress, whatever it's called, like 
I feel like it's one of those situations, right, where you you don't really get exactly what you've been marketed. And I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's I think that's unfortunate. I know what you mean. I, I ordered a Hamburglar costume from Wish and it, <laughs> uh, they shipped me Mayor McCheese. Oh, so gosh. I know exactly what you mean. I need to see that's, you in this. I was going to say, do you have that, pictures of this? No, Can it we... was for a kid. Oh. It wasn't for me. <laughs> you should you should still try to fit in it. Yeah, yeah. For a picture. Was it a fat guy in a little coat? Remember that movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so so Nick, you gave this phone a three and a half stars, which is the exact same score that Derek gave the Moto G Stylus five G. So Derek, tell me tell me your thoughts on on the phone, and do you agree or disagree with some of the points that uh, Nick said? Well, Nick was saying that 2021 was a bad year for uh, like budget phones, and I have to agree. Um, I reviewed a couple of them, um, including from Motorola, and I was not pleased with any of them. Um, <laughs> and you know, yeah. I, I, sh- I guess I should preface this by saying, you know, that that left a bad taste in my mouth from Motorola, and you know, I I've been known to criticize them. A lot, <laughs> um, you know, and I try to be, I try to be as you know, uh, unbiased in like you know in my news articles as possible. But sometimes I think it slips, um, and I'll throw a little shade here and there. But I, I came out surprisingly impressed by the Moto G Stylus Five G Twenty Twenty Two. It has a great chipset. Um, I think it's like the Snapdragon, what, 695 or something? Um, yes. It, it just feels fluid. Um, it has a, I, I believe it's a 120 hertz display. It's not an OLED, but it's still very, you know, smooth. Um, you know, it. the stylus isn't the greatest thing ever. It's, you know, Motorola styluses, besides their new smart stylus, and I'm not even sure how that works. Um, for the most part, Motorola styluses are very cheap looking and they, you know, just, they're just there to write. Like they, they don't do anything special. It's definitely not a note. Um, but I came out very impressed with this phone. It just, it worked very well. Um, it performed very well. The cameras were decent. Um, the phone is priced pretty well. I was I was just about to comment on that because um, I misspoke earlier. These two phones are not in the same category because I mean, I guess it, it's well, kind. It's it, like it depends. It's kind Motorola, of budgety, but not really. Yeah, but Motorola when they when they like put out their phones and whatnot, like uh, for some reason they they tend to only really market the higher end version of that phone. So on Motorola's site, like you'll find like the uh, what is it? I think it's six gigabytes of RAM and um, two hundred and fifty six gigabytes of internal storage. Um, but there is a cheaper version of the phone with I, I believe four gigabytes of RAM and one hundred and twenty eight gigabytes of storage. I'm not sure if that's correct. Um, and it's like much cheaper. It's I believe it's like two a, a bit over two hundred dollars. Um, and that, I, I, I want to say that that version of the phone is only sold through like certain carriers. I think that's the non 5g version, right? No, I think it's still the 5g version version. It's just a lower 
like a lower spec version of the same phone. Um, but like when you buy the phone unlocked, at least in my, you know, I've only been able, been able to find it unlocked on like Motorola site, Best Buy, Amazon with the higher tier version with the, uh, with more RAM and more storage. Um, but I've seen on some of the carriers, they get the lower end version. Um, so pricing wise, like depending on which version of the phone, like I think the, the lower end version of this phone is still comparable to the TCL. Um, I, I didn't use that phone, so I don't know what the experience is like, um, with, you know, less RAM, but in this version of the phone, which, uh, is, I want to say $500, um, I came out surprisingly impressed with it. Um, it just, you know, it, it's not a note competitor at all. Um, and I don't think it's trying to be, um, but I will say this, like, and I said it before, like the styluses are like, they look very cheap. It's just like this thin little thing. Um, right. Just pop out of the phone. I, I was surprisingly, I, I was surprised that like, you know, at the TCL because like, it looks like a more like legit stylus, like, you know, something that Samsung has in the, in the note series. And I have my note here, my, my galaxy note 20 here as well. Um, and the stylus on TCLs looks like so much beefier, and like you'd, ex- I feel like you'd expect more from it. Um, yeah. So it's a little disappointing that you're not getting more from it. Right, and that that's where I was going, and that was why I deducted what I did from the review because, from a presentation standpoint, yeah, like you said, the stylus it it looks like a Galaxy Note stylus. I mean, it, without the button, if they threw a button on there like the Note has you'd probably have a hard time telling the difference if you didn't look at the two side by side, right? Like they look very similar. Well, that They're a similar size, but that wasn't an accident. No, no, no. It's totally on purpose. That's what I'm yeah. saying. This thing is totally designed to be a cheaper note competitor. And yep. even when you, when you pull the, the stylus out of the body, it's got like a little magnet in there. As soon as you pull it out, just like on a galaxy note, it pops up that little ribbon of options it, even like the animations and stuff look the same. It's that little bubble that's always on screen whenever the stylus is out. You have a lot of similar software features. You can do like, you know, screenshots and then do like, um, you know, animated writing on it and send a little animation to, you know, somebody on uh, your messages program or, you know, a lot of those little software bits that you associate with Samsung's Galaxy Note series are actually in this TCL phone for 250 bucks. And they even ship it with uh, Nebo software, which is, um, it's like, you know, you, you write, do handwritten notes, and you can have it convert those into text. And, okay, I don't know about you, Derek, but my handwriting is like the worst ever. <laughs> I have always had bad handwriting ever since I've first grade when I started writing. And I've always gotten horrible grades for it. And, gosh... <laughs> God bless anybody that can read my handwriting, okay, aside from myself. And somehow, this crazy software can read it. Even my crappiest, messiest handwriting, it does it correctly. So, like, all of those little bits are there. TCL is, like, right on the cusp of getting this right. If they could have made it, like, 50 or maybe 100 bucks more and stuck a Wacom digitizer in there, holy crap, this thing would have been, like, five stars out the door. Does it have any type of special digitizing 
hardware in it, or is it no. just a? Okay, it's so you're an idiot if you capacitive. buy this phone. Just buy the large size phone you like and buy a ten dollar stylus from Amazon, and you have the same exact experience. Minus the software. That's, Minus that's the I software, think where yeah. they do it well. So you, you know, you can get Nebo on the Play Store. I think it's five or ten bucks. It's not you know a huge investment. Well, you know, this this phone ties you to Metro, I think, isn't it? It's T-Mobile and Metro right now, but they are going to sell it elsewhere. Okay, sell it unlocked, and then I I won't say you're dumb to buy this phone. Right now, don't buy this phone because it's tied to a carrier that you may not like one day. (laughs) That's fair. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think they have done a great job with their software. And I know I was telling Derek as soon as I got it, I sent him a screenshot. I'm like, I really like their Android 12 skin. Like, it works well. It looks good. The only thing it's missing is material you theming, which sucks because that's kind of part of Android 12. But what are you going to do? It's 250 bucks. So I have a question for you guys. And I feel like I am I might be shooting myself in the in the foot here because you've got a foot left that you haven't shot. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, I feel like this would be a great editorial idea. And uh but I don't know how many phones have done this. I think only I can only think of two off the top of my head, um, and the one of them is the Moto G Stylus five uh, G, and the other I want to say is the Pixel six uh, because I I think it was the Pixel six. I think I because I wrote about it. Uh, but essentially, um, the thought the thought behind here is that uh, I'm starting to notice this small trend of companies releasing a phone the year after with barely any upgrades. So if I'm not mistaken with the Moto G stylus, um, you like Derek, correct me if I'm wrong. There was only really one major upgrade to this phone. It was, it's pretty much similar to the the phone from the previous year. And then I believe with the pixel six, I, they didn't even have any upgrades. I mean, they, they had upgrades, but you're thinking pixel five, I think. Yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Pixel, no, you're yeah. thinking 6A to 6. No, I'm, there, well, what, whatever I, the case is, I'm thinking of the fact that companies are putting out phones with barely any upgrades. Uh, and I don't know if that's the case with all phones or if it's just the Moto G Stylus 5G. But maybe, I guess I want to throw that question out to you guys. Why do you think companies are doing this? And and I guess, is it because they want to make more money? Uh, they just, they're bored and they've run out of ideas. Um or, yeah, I mean, why, why do you think companies are doing that? I mean, you look at Motorola, they just, you know, crap out phones constantly. Um, I, I, I've lost count how many, like, mid-range Motorola models there are. There's, like, you know, the ones that they have in the U.S., but then there's, like, the European versions with, like, different names, like G20 and G200 and yeah. all these different, like, models. And so... Um, it's hard to like, I, I feel like Motorola is kind of like, I don't know. It, it, it's doing this to itself, like, because it has all these different models for all these different price points. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to like upgrade a phone and have it not mess up like the sales of another phone because they're, they're all, they're all just like very similar. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't understand it. Um, I really I really think companies need to just, like, calm down with their right. launches and just, like, give us, like, you know, 
Give us a few phones, a few good phones. Do you think it might be worse for companies to start scaling back on the number of launches they do in a year? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like, definitely, especially Motorola. Um, You know, and I get that they're, I get that Motorola is doing well. Um, I I, I still don't really understand why they're doing well. But, um, you know, they're, they're just, putting out phones constantly. And I think, you know, it'd be nice to just get a few good, inexpensive phones versus all these different ones. Like, I think earlier this year, Motorola launched the uh, the Moto G Stylus 2022. That doesn't have 5G. Um, right. And That's then what I was a couple talking months later, earlier. they launched the Moto G Stylus 5G 2022. When, like... They could have just launched the same phone with just, you know, at the same time with a 5G version, non-5G version. These phones have two different chips. I don't know. They're just, they're, their launch schedule, their launch, like whatever it is that they're doing is just so confusing. And it's I, smart, I just though. feel like they're doing the most um, for the absolute least. They're, they're doing it the smart way because no matter when you want to buy a phone, there's always a new one by Motorola. Mm, that and makes you sense. always look at a new phone before you look at a phone that's six months old. Fair enough. Yeah. Their carrier partners probably aren't really happy about it, but... I will look at a good new phone before, like... It, like it, Motor, Motorola has just left a bad, such a bad taste in my mouth, and, you know, probably others as well, that, like, I will look at, you know, another like an older good phone before I look at a new Motorola phone. So I have to run the best phones under 300, best phones under 400, et cetera, et cetera, articles that we have, right? I I update those every month, essentially. And I will tell you this, that Motorola, no matter which of those guides we have, always has at least one spot on there because they have a phone at every single price point. And there is one price point that I feel like has very little competition. It's that $400 price point. It's almost like manufacturers have decided, I'm sure based on research, that people either want to spend $200 or $600 on a phone. And there's really almost nothing in between there. So some of these new Motorola phones I've noticed are sitting at like $350, $400, $450. They're in that range. Even Google's, you know, cheaper Pixel series is no longer under 400 bucks or, you know, what whatever that missing price point is there, those have slowly crept up as well. And I think that's a lot of what we're missing too is we don't have a lot of phones that sit in this, you know, sort of like mid-mid-range price point. I I went, and I kind of wrote about that too, right? Where it was like I think there was a reason for why that was the case because most people are either going for a cheaper phone or they're going for a premium device. And it's only in specific markets where a mid-range phone really is it makes sense. Um but yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a good point. I want to take a really quick break and I want to talk about something that might break a lot of people's hearts. So Keep sticking around with us, and we'll be right back in just a second. Okay, I know you all are trying to figure out what is so great about Indeed. Um, I mean, obviously, you can find jobs and you can apply to jobs. But what is really interesting about Indeed is if you are hiring for someone. You know, Indeed is one of those platforms where the hiring is 
so easy. You can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And you don't have to spend hours on trying to find a person who fits the right skills. It just, it makes it all easy. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ACP. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash ACP. That's indeed.com slash ACP. Don't forget terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant. Not available for all users. So, like I mentioned, if you need to hire someone, you need Indeed. Okay, so uh, let me see. It was today. We're recording on Thursday, June 16th. 30 minutes ago <laughs> or so, an hour ago maybe, uh, it was reported that the Galaxy S22 FE fan edition might be canceled, which could signal a possible end of the fan edition phones. Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, and you guys can all correct me if I'm wrong, fan edition phones are essentially phones that basically takes the features that the fans of that specific model really loved, put together in one device and sold. And so, of course, uh, there's these rumors or sources uh, for Sam Mobile claiming that Samsung has canceled the Gal- Galaxy S22 FE. Good. <laughs> uh, Agreed. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I want to open it out and say, why do you agree? Well, first of all, I, I, I will say that Gal- uh, we did reach out to Samsung for comment and uh, a representative basically said they have nothing to share, quote unquote. So um, I'm going to open up the floor. What do you guys think? Are you guys happy about this? I don't know. Yes I, and I, no. Um, I think it's a good idea. I don't know. If I I'm think happy. it's a good idea. I think I, I don't know. Someone made a point online about like how the fan edition phones, like they, they are quote unquote fan edition phones, but they are slightly lower spec than the actual like phone. And so that kind of doesn't make sense. Like, if you're watching a phone for fans, like, why are you going to give us, like, the lower spec version um, and just make it, like, slightly cheaper? Um, you know, this is... I feel like the fan edition phones are kind of like... It's it's like Samsung falling into the whole Motorola thing, like, you know, just doing too much for the least. Um, because, you know, you have the Galaxy A series, like the A52, the A72, which pretty much fall into the same price point. Um, similar performance and whatnot. So why do we have, like, I get maybe like putting, slapping that the S22 on it will probably like give it more sales. But like, honestly, maybe Samsung just needs to, you know, market its mid-range phones better so that they sell better. I mean, they, they are, they sell very well already. Um, so I don't think that's, that the, the FE is really all that necessary. I always just seemed to me like these FE phones were Samsung's way of using up a whole bunch of parts they already bought and trying to put them in a box in a package that they could get dumb consumers to buy by putting a, the right number on it. Uh, If the S22 FE is canceled, good. You're lucky next year when the S23 is announced buy an S22, it's still supported for four more freaking years. Samsung supports their phones. Now buy one a year old, save some money, get a better phone. And they have a great, like, you know, recertified program where they like, you know, fix up their older phones or whatever. And, 
you know, they apparently work just like new and get the same warranty and all that. So you might as well, like, you know, I I wait, like the wait first, for that. And, I like the first FE phone because that's back when phones from Samsung, they all cost 1200 bucks if they were worth buying. And it didn't. But that all changed. Uh, don't don't buy a, a, a fan edition anything anymore unless right. it's an actual fan. And and I think that really is the issue with the FE line of phones. The S20 FE made a lot of sense. It launched basically at the same time as the S20. It was, gosh, what, $300 cheaper? And it used the same chipset. It used the same cameras as the previous year's you know, Galaxy S model. And it really, for the most part, it didn't feel like a budget phone. Like it was one of those where you're like, okay, unless you really need the horsepower or super high res display or something of one of the more expensive S20 phones, just get the FE. I think the S20 FE, didn't it launch like around the time of the Note 20s? Yeah, it was It was like, it was like later in the year later, when I like thought? Samsung, I, I think I launched know. its more expensive you know, note models. And then they also had like the S20 FE, which was like, you know, a cheaper alternative to like, you know, it's flagship phones. So I think that's kind of like what gave it its appeal. Yes. Um, because yeah, those phones, those, those year were expensive. Cause I bought my note 20 or my note 20 around that time. It's like, it was like $1,300 versus like the, what the note, the S20 FE was like what? Five, $600 or something. Yeah. I think it was six ninety nine. Because that, that was the issue with the S21 FE. <laughs> trying to keep this number straight in my head. When I reviewed that, by the time the bloody thing came out, the S22 was almost out. I mean, I think I think it was a month before. It wasn't very yeah. much time at all. I mean, we're talking almost an entire year after the S21 came out. And then it was only $100 less I than the S21. That. I remember it, that. It made no sense at all. It was like, what? who yeah, is this like phone Samsung for? Like- yeah, Samsung like pretty much shot itself on the foot. Yes. Uh, because everyone was expecting the S22. And it's like, why would we buy this S21 FE when we know this better phone is about to come out? Okay, I have a question for all of you guys because you all seem to think that it's smart that Samsung, if this is going to happen um, by Samsung, then it was it's going to be a smart thing. Uh, but I'm looking online on Twitter. Uh, Anshul Sog, uh he is a an analyst that we normally reach out to and speak to quite a bit about all all types of things. But he tweeted, uh, he quote tweeted uh, the this rumor about Samsung ending the fan edition phone line, uh, and he said if Samsung were to end it, it would only be, it would only be because it was too successful. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I mean that ties into me saying. That's how Samsung recoups all the money they spend on parts. Mm, fair enough. Uh, I think for Samsung, it's smart to keep it around. But for consumers, it's a good thing to see it get scrapped. By last year's model, just like 90% <laughs> of the people buying iPhones do. Because that's the smart play for your money. Very true. Okay, let's get to the last topic of the day. My least favorite topic, but also a topic that is fun to talk about, I guess. Uh, Prime Day dates have been confirmed. Amazon's, obviously, its biggest two-day event has been confirmed for this year. It's going to happen over July 12th and July 13th. Mark your calendars. July 12th is my birthday. No one cares about Prime Day. 
Just letting you know. I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I mean, Prime Day is happening. We have this announcement. Any thoughts there? Are you guys going to get anything? Do you hate Prime Day? What are your thoughts on that? Radio silence. I mean, as a, Radio as a journalist, I hate Prime Day. As a consumer, I love it. Why do you hate it as a... Oh, because <laughs> writing things, I guess. Deals and stuff, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, but, I mean... But also, I mean, I love the idea as a consumer. But, like, honestly, I've never really... Uh, I've never really been involved in, like, Prime Day sales. Um, Are you guys going to buy anything this year? I would like to. Um, but, honestly, like, the only thing I'm really interested in buying is a PlayStation 5. Um, but... That's probably. I got one still in the box. Happen. I'll sell you. Oh well, I mean, if you're gonna sell it to me at a reasonable price, if I'm sure. if the person I bought it for doesn't pay me soon, yeah, I'll pay you what I I just bought it at Target, walked in and picked it up. Oh, well, dang, that's living in the woods, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I see. I like the idea of Prime Day. The problem is, I'm not an impulse shopper, and. As a spoiled tech journalist, I already have all the things I need, so I don't know yeah, what the heck is, I would even is, buy on Amazon. This is my thing, though. Like, I I agree with you. I would. I used to get really excited about Prime Day, like, several years ago. And then two years ago, it was like, or even a year ago, actually, no, two years ago, I, I realized to myself that, like, Prime Day really is only worth it for, like, those mega expensive things that, that you really, like, I got my... Um, my Vitamix on Prime Day, or no, I got it on Black Friday. But I, I feel like these the type same. of sa- yeah, yeah, it's like the same thing. But like, I feel like you, you should only purchase like a valuable item that you know you're going to have as a keepsake for a very long time, like a good ha- home hardware device, or like a good vacuum, or like a Dyson vacuum, or like something that's like expensive and you know you're going to get a good deal on it. I feel like that's where you would. You should be putting your where you where you should be putting your money, um, but I think what's interesting. What, I'm very curious to know how Prime Day will be treated this year because of inflation, and we know yesterday interest rates went up, um, which means that people are not going to want to consume things more. And obviously, we know that you know Prime Day is sort of like the biggest days for Amazon to reap its rewards and get a lot of revenue. So I'm kind of curious to know how that's going to get affected and if it will be affected at all. Yeah, tech nerds don't care about inflation. <laughs> Think about it. They got to have that instant gratification. Yeah, fair enough. Right. And I mean, I guess it just depends on how they purchase things, right? If they yeah. are impulse buyers and they put everything on credit, then yeah, that might be affected if all their interest rates just went up and they're like, well, crap, I, you know, I couldn't afford this thing in the first place. I really can't afford it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, I hope our boss doesn't listen to this podcast because he does. I'm about to, well, I didn't mean that boss. I meant the p- big boss. The, oh, he probably does too. <laughs> no, they, they don't. They don't. She doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. I hate prime day. Uh, Amazon is the largest employer in my county because we have a huge distribution center here. And I see what Prime Day does to people. I boycott Prime Day on principle. Yeah, I mean, I think the... I I wish everybody listening would do the same. Yeah, the the level of amount of work that people have to do during Prime Day is is quite ridiculous, I feel. 
That and now's the time for all the prices on everything on Amazon to go way, way up so they can come back down to where they were yesterday and they can call it on sale. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, I'm going to end it there, but I'm going to ask you guys what made you happy this past week. So my favorite part of the episode, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, well, don't I put me. zero thought into this, don't so I'm going to I put zero thought into it, too. I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, this happens every week. Why do I do this every week? Don't give me the radio silence right now. I need to feel good about <sighs> some things. Please tell me what made you happy, even if it's something small. Uh, I'm trying to get banned from every online multiplayer game on Steam. <laughs> Why are you trying to do that? Because I got banned from a game I play because somebody complained that I was cheating because I kept beating them over and over and over and over and over. And the company that makes the game actually banned me. So now I'm on a crusade to get banned from every game. Oh gosh. And that's kind of me. It's, it's been successful on a few and that kind of makes me happy. I chuckle every time I can pull it off and Uh, you know, Ubisoft, uh, I hate you. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, Nick or Derek. This week's episode of Obi-Wan was easily the best. Mm. I'm very happy with it. Oh, I think I saw I you tweeting about it, too. It I know a lot of people have not been happy with this show, but you know what? Star Wars fans are the worst. You all suck. Everything <laughs> that comes out, you hate. So, whatever. Well, I like Star just, Wars. You know, invite me. <laughs> just, just most of the sequel movies sucked. But, uh, no, I've liked almost everything except Book of Boba Fett as far as like the television shows go. That's fair. There, there, there are people like you and I, Derek, and I hate to put myself into this just because now it sounds like I'm biased, but yeah. I have an issue with like one or two maybe movies or a show or something. But for the most part, I just like Star Wars. I just want more of the universe. Yeah. Just, I feel yeah. like so much of the fan base just whines and complains about every Ugh. little thing. Yes. But I, I want you to realize crazy. you started your little screed there with I don't want to make it sound like I'm biased, but I take an issue with. So, <laughs> yeah, but I'm including myself in like, polite. oh, well, I like how I judge Star Wars, right? He was I don't trying want to be, to be like polite. That, okay? He was trying to be polite. Okay, uh, <laughs> Derek. <laughs> On that note, you know, just to kind of follow Nick, uh, I was very happy with Jurassic World. Um, it was it was fun. A lot of people are like trying to be like, oh, you know, it sucked. You know, the first was the best. And I'm not sure if they're referring to the first Jurassic Park, because obviously that movie was groundbreaking for its time. So they can't really compare the sixth movie, the yeah, the sixth right. movie in a franchise to the first. Um, although the first Jurassic World was the best of them all. But honestly, you know, at this point, I'm just along for the ride. I love dinosaurs. There's been six of them damn This movie movies. was fun. Huh? There's been six Jurassic Park. World, yeah, flash. they have the yeah, three Jurassic Park and then the Jurassic, the yeah. Jurassic World, and I can't wait for uh, you know, Jurassic Cretaceous Universe Park is next to okay. come next. Um, <laughs> no, because they have the Camp Cretaceous Nerd. TV show on Netflix, and, and I love Camp Cretaceous, it, it's a great show. If you haven't watched Camp Cretaceous on Netflix, please do. Yeah, I really um, want to. Yes, agreed. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, spo- we're not sponsored by Netflix at all, but please go check it out on Netflix. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a kids show, but it's great. Um, and uh, I want to, you know, it's still it's still running and it's still great. Um, Jurassic World was great, um, so I was happy about that. And then also, um, 
You know, we hired someone. No, it can't be. It can't be work related. It can't be work related. Well, that is what made me happy. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're only allowed to be happy about what Shruti says you should be happy about. Because my work life spills into my personal life. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. You're you're happy. Yes. We hired a new freelancer, a news freelancer. His name is Vishnu. And we're really excited about him on board. Um, That's exciting. I'm happy. Yes. Derek, I'm very happy that your work-life balance is now going to be balanced. <laughs> I'm writing an Better AI balanced. chat bot that can impersonate a news writer and see if you can get hired. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That would be so interesting. You know, you, you can buy bots to write your news. An, and they sound... Analy- in, in, like an, an AI no, they, journalist. They, they actually read a lot like some of the journalism you see on the web. You, I you did can, see something uh, about like someone. Someone I, I made an AI. I don't agree like, with this. We're gonna cut this. Thank you. Bye bye. I still but, like but my job. Someone did like have like an AI like create like a yeah. script for a movie or something. Yeah. And it was like yeah. so interesting. Oh, yeah. that's so ooh. I like that. Okay. Uh, what made me happy this week was I finally got a chance to watch Hustle on Netflix. Uh, it's the Adam Sandler movie with. Uh, and it's, it's about basketball, and it's just, it's such a fun movie. It's got Queen Latifah. Do the hustle. <laughs> no, but it's, it's like really, really good. It's so fun. And Adam Sandler, oh my God, he aged so nice. Like he's such a dad. It's, he's so hot. <laughs> I mean, okay. he's no Paul Rudd, but I mean, no, he, no, he no, aged he's not. No, he's well. a dad. Like, like he looks like a dad, you know? Anyways, whatever. Um, yeah. Now we moving. know shoot these type. That yeah, that's more than I ever wanted to know. Anyways, moving on. No, my point is is the movie is actually really good. Um it's super fun and it's uh it's just like one of those feel good movies. Like one of those movies where there's a character, he has to go through an obstacle to get somewhere and then at the end he does really well and he has to go through this whole montage of like training and then it's it's just one of those really good movies. It's I love it. It's great. So way to give away the ending there, Shruti. Whatever. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to go now. All right. (laughs) We're done. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us wherever you are listening, uh, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or in the night. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Adios.